All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have TJ and Sean, who are the founders of a company called Bubs. Now, we dive into the story behind Bubs, where it got its legacy from. We dive into the story about how two people created it. And what is Bubs? I'm a huge fan of their products. I've been using it for a long time, their collagen and their MCT powder. And I wanted to get them on the show just to talk about the background and how they support charity and what they're trying to do for the future. If you're in the business space, it's a really cool episode. Talk to two people who started it together, crushing it, and are having a great time while they're doing it. I hope everybody's having a phenomenal day. I hope you guys are rising the tides in whatever industry you're in. And don't forget, if you're a gym owner, please make sure to check out the coaching tools, the session plans that we provide through the NC Fit Collective. Let's dive into a phenomenal episode with TJ and Sean, and let's get right to it. Well, guys, we're here with uh, Sean TJ over here at Bubs Naturals. And look, I got connected with your guys' product a long time ago, and I've been a fan for, for a long time. And as of recently, we're starting up a new partnership that I'm really excited about. But I want to dive into your guys' business because it's a fascinating story, right? And I think really it starts with with Sean, the kind of like the original concept. And then you guys came together. And the business has been around for a little over a year now, right? Yep. You guys have seen exponential growth in an industry that's tough, you know, inventory and things like that. And so I'd love to dive into the business side. How did you guys get started where does fitness come into play with CrossFit? And uh, what's the backstory of Bubs Naturals? And what is, what is Bubs Naturals? Like, uh, so tell it, us more. Yeah. I mean, this was a, this is our, our wild little social experiment is how we jokingly refer to it sometimes. But so Bub refers to Glenn Bub Doherty. So anyone in the audience out there who's ever done the Hero Wad Glenn, um, you're familiar with, you know, with this story, with a, a big chunk of why we're here and what we do. So... Glenn was my roommate. He's my oldest buddy from middle school. We grew up in Massachusetts together. We moved out to the mountains of Utah together, and then he joined the Navy and became a Navy SEAL. Did 10 years in the SEALs, and I was off doing my snowboarding thing and action sports thing. I moved to San Diego for a job. Glenn's stationed at Team 3. Glenn gets out of the Navy, buys a house in Encinitas. Next thing you know, we're two guys turning 40, and we're roommates again. We're both members at Mark Devine's gym yep. over on 2nd yep. Street, that classic seal fit gym. And we both become instructors there. Uh, this is since 2008. Like that was our, our community was the seal fit crew. Rory McKernan, uh, you, you know Rory. Um, yep. Rory was the head coach back then. Rory is a guy who taught me how to squat and then, you know, encouraged me to go get my level one. And Glenn was right there coaching the whole time. And unfortunately, this story turns shitty because Glenn was one of the two Navy SEALs that was killed in 2012 in Benghazi, Libya. So big national story. Um, anyone who's seen the movie 13 Hours or read the book, yeah. they're familiar with it. Uh, and Glenn was one of the two SEALs killed saving all the other American lives over there. And there was a big political stink about it. Well, I was also the executor of Glenn's estate and in charge of all of his legal affairs. We, we had done that you know, for each other as best friends like hey you get all my debt okay cool you get all my debt yeah it, it was yeah. a big joke but my best friend died and he was my brother and he was my roommate and all of a sudden there's this big national stage so what his family and i decided to do after glenn died was start a foundation 
And the whole point of the foundation was to solve for one of the problems that Glenn could never solve for. And that is, how do you make a successful transition out of active duty military life into civilian life? Mm. And Glenn struggled with that. He was maybe going to be a firefighter. He was maybe going to go to PA school. He was maybe going to be a pilot. He had all these ideas. And he'd gotten out of the Navy, gotten right away, went out and got his bachelor's degree. Like, okay, I'm going to go do this. Self-improvement 101. Boom, knock out the degree. Then it was, okay, well, I got to pay bills. So he started contracting. And he was working with GRS, which is a part of the CIA, doing security. And the pay was phenomenal. I mean, we're talking, you go from, you know, $60,000 a year job as an active duty Navy SEAL to three times that doing right. contract work. I mean, it's it, it's hard hard to beat that. So he's home for a couple months, deployed for a couple months, right, home, right. gone, and it tears up his home life. So he gets a divorce, moves into my house. You know, a couple years later, I end up getting a divorce. I move into his house. So it's like the, the, the crew's back together, coaching CrossFit at Mark Devine's gym. Yeah. And, you know, but what Glenn was trying to do that whole time was figure out what's next. And I watched a lot of his teammates struggle with that. Hey, they're retiring, they're getting out, whether they've done 10 years or 20 years of service, it's the what's next part. So his family and I decided the best way to kind of pay tribute to Glenn's legacy was to help other special operators make the successful transition out through scholarship, basically fill gaps in the GI Bill. And we launched it in early 2013, um, really less than six months after the whole Benghazi you know, attacks happened. And for five years, we were able to help almost everyone that came by and, and asked for money and applied for scholarships. We we're like, great. We and can these help scholarships, people. just to be clear, like when you say a scholarship, I think like school, like, oh, I get a scholarship, I go to school. But you're referring to maybe something a little bit different. Um, well, it can, it can be both. So we would have guys come in and apply for an MBA. Like, hey, I'm, I'm right. going to go to Harvard okay. and get an MBA and I'm an active duty Navy SEAL. Sure. And I got the GI Bill is going to cover $40,000 of, of this. Well, the bill's 80000 So we fill a little gap there. We close that gap. And the Navy SEAL Foundation closes a gap. There's a Navy SEAL Family Foundation. They apply for scholarships and help around a variety of institutions and nonprofits mm. that can help basically build it out so that their financial exposure isn't horrible. Right. Um, and it could be trade school. Like you could come to me and say, hey, I'm, I'm Jason. I'm a, I'm a ranger and I want to go to welding school. And we can help with that. You know, it's a qualified application. It's as long as there's a, there's basically an end goal in mind. Right. And um, so you guys were growing this organization. You were growing this charity. And then, and then basically, correct me if I'm wrong, you started not to have enough funds to be able to support the amount of people that were coming in. And you needed to find a way to generate more funds. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. So in 2017, we had more applications for scholarships than we had funds to give. And all of a sudden, for the first time, we had to say no. And, you know, we're sitting around, we're talking on, on, on one of our calls and we're saying, okay, well, now we have to vet out these people. And we had to say no to like, you know, over a dozen people. And I, I'm like, well, what do we do about this? And everyone's got a full-time job. Everyone's, you know, living their life and they're looking at this going, well, we don't really know. And, and that was understandable, but it just didn't sit right with me. So that's happening. That's a very real problem that I'm trying to solve for. And right around the same time, my wife buys me a tub of collagen and she basically puts it on the table and says, I want you to start taking this. 
And I looked at her and said, uh, Is that a sign your skin wasn't tight enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, my wife's a little bit younger than I am. Oh, okay. And, uh, and she basically looked at me and she said, You're not getting any younger. And uh, I was like, Okay. And my joints are, you know, old yeah. and achy from years of snowboarding and CrossFit and running and all that stuff. So I was beat up and she knew it and she said, Just, just take this stuff. So I read the size of labels and we were joking about me being old. And, uh, and I started taking it. Do whatever she said, follow the instructions, and I started putting a scoop in my coffee every day. And about three weeks into it, my nails are growing like crazy. It's like I feel like I'm freaking Wolverine. And I'm like, okay, I've tried proteins, BCAAs, creatines, like all you name a supplement, I've tried it in training, but I've never noticed a right. physical change beyond like caffeine gets you jittery. So it was a very unique experience. I was like, okay, this is different. Then about you know a week or two later, I needed a haircut. And I had just gotten a haircut. So I was like, okay, two data points right from the side of the jar. And the next one was my joints. Uh, we flew cross country. And whenever I fly cross country, I'm a little crybaby uh, getting off the plane. And my knees are sore and achy. Yeah. And I get off the plane and I feel great. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And again, looking at the side of the jar, the joint health. And now I dive into like, okay, what's in this stuff? And I realize how simple of an, you know, it's a single ingredient protein. It's just bovine, hide, collagen, protein. I'm like, okay. And, and just to, to pause for a second, when you talk about collagen, for those who are unfamiliar with it, now I put collagen and MCT oil in my coffee every, or powder in my coffee every day. But to pause for a second, when you talk about what collagen is, like in layman's term, what is it? It's ground up what? Cowhide. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> we are we are literally <laughs> talking about bovine. I call it bovine hide. It sounds a little fancy. Yeah, that's it's a cow fancy. I, I, yeah, it's, it's it's literally cowhide. So I was like, okay, someone's taking cowhide. They're drying it. They're basically what you do is you you give it an enzyme bath. The enzymes boost the amino profile. It's already in the cowhide. And those amino acids that get that boost are what helps you like glycine, you know, helps produce synovial fluid in your knees. And like every amino acid, all the essential ones perform a different function for hair, skin, nails, gut health, uh, health, bone density, liver health. Like there's a myriad of, right. of healthy properties in proteins. And this is like, it was like a one-stop shop for everything that was bothering me. Right. And so you're taking this collagen, you're feeling better. And at the time... I imagine, is that when you guys connected? So TJ, I mean, yeah, yeah. So is that when you guys started talking about, well, hey, there's a need to raise more money for this charity. There's a product that I like. Did it just instantly just kind of fall on your guys' lap like that? Kind of, and my, my voice is terrible, so I'm going to let Lake do a lot of the talking on this. Thank laryngitis for this. But uh, I showed up to his house, and he had the collagen on the table, and I was like, oh, you take that? That's really cool. Let's start a company. And it was like literally that easy. So and napkin map the thing out and go ahead. Yeah. I mean, literally he's, he comes over to the house. He sees the tub of collagen. I start raving like I just did with you about how great I feel taking it. And he's like, well, let's start a company. And we look at each other and we start laughing. I'm like, well, what does it look like? And the first words out of our mouths, same exact time, we both look at each other and say, well, we got to do something cool for charity. And that was when I was like, bingo, here's the charity. We got to help Glenn's foundation out. And I just started laughing. I'm like, Glenn's call sign in the Navy was Bub. So we're going to name the company as a tribute to Glenn, call it Bub's Naturals. Every ingredient that we have, every product we ever make is going to stand for self-improvement. That's the core of it. 
because Glenn was the guy who was always trying to improve himself mentally, physically, spiritually, you name it. Like he was always looking to one up his game. And then the other thing Glenn always did was help others. So we defined what is doing something cool for charity as let's give 10% of every sale to Glenn's foundation. Just take it right away. Just give 10%. No company's doing that in any industry. Like we're, we're felt pretty confident that we were in some pretty uncharted territory. Then the challenge came to backfill in whether that was even sustainable. Yeah, the profitability from that. And so for you guys getting into that, I think it's really cool. So from a mission perspective, right? Your mission is to obviously raise money for this organization, to pay homage to your friend, which you know I, I think very few people would argue against those things. But from a partnership perspective, for those listening who own gyms, who are looking to get into the gym business, maybe looking to get into any offshoot of the gym business, kind of like this is in a sense. Yeah. When you guys created this partnership, I imagine it hasn't just been smooth sailing the last 16, 19 months. What's rule number one, TJ? Never run out of inventory. Never so, run out of inventory is rule number one. Yeah. I'd say rule number two is don't have too much inventory. Is that Has that been, not been a problem for you guys? That has not been a problem yet. <laughs> I, um, at one point, our gym had way too much inventory. That's another story for another day. So let's talk about it. I mean, for you guys, you guys come together. You come up with that concept. You know, were you guys friends for a long time before you guys started the company? Yeah, kind of a funny backstory to that. I actually, we had met on and off for, I mean, the better part of 15 plus years. I used to go to the snowboard industry, the ski industry trade shows in Vegas. And I would go to events because I used to work for Burton Snowboards. And oh, then yeah. I, I worked at Quicksilver I got, I got a Burton. I got a Burton. Now. There you go. And I would be there and he would be there, except he was a shop kid. So he was there as a buyer for a snowboard shop in Michigan. And I was there as a team manager for Burton. And he'd be like, hey, did you go to that one concert that one year? And I'm like, yeah, I was there. He's like, so was I. This is so literally we, like 20 years running. We've been in the same room at the same time so many times. But Isn't we never the weirdest thing? But we never knew bizarre. each other. And so the universe brought you together at, at the gym. Uh, well, actually at SealFit. <laughs> at SealFit. So, yeah. so he went through one of the Kokoro camps that Mark Devine puts on. And I was instructing at that camp. And one of our mutual friends had given me a heads up. He said, hey, this kid TJ is going to come through. Make sure he gets a good amount of special attention. Oh, special attention. Huh? Oh, it was it was the best attention. <laughs> so much love. So, so much, much love. So much love. <laughs> um, and so that was really how we got reacquainted was, was at the gym, going through the Kokoro experience. And then we bumped into each other um, at, at a gym about a year and a half later. And that was it. It was like uh, early 2016 and we just started working out together and, you know, just sharing ideas and work stuff. And we both found that we had a fairly similar mindset when it came to approaching business, not necessarily from taking chances, but just a similar business worldview. And, and so looking at that from a partnership perspective, did you guys sit down and write down like formal, formal partnership agreement, formal mission, vision? Uh, did you lay out a business plan? How did that look like? Uh, not so much on the business plan side, but we approach the cap table structure, um, very much, very upfront. Like, Hey, if we're going to do this, what does it look like? We're 50, 50 partners. Perfect. Roles and responsibilities kind of organically fell into place. Um, I don't know a lot about the digital back end of the business. Uh, I've been more on the marketing sports marketing side. The gap between us was on product and on the production side. And so he was doing a lot of heavy lifting on the digital side. So I kind of inherited learning about product and building the margins together. So the business plan was really simple. It was 
we kind of know what the roles and responsibilities are going to be. We're, we'll share everything information wise in the middle, but what we're going to do is we're going to see how much money we have in our savings account. And that will be the start of the company. And so without knowing anything about collagen, we knew roughly what legal fees would be, trademarking fees, a website, the necessary apps and things you need on the yeah. back end to set it up. And then it was, what does it cost to make collagen? And then what does the collagen landscape look like? Because there's a lot of variance in collagen quality. And you guys went all in. So you guys put... Oh, yeah. All you guys in. went all in. Wait, like, they, literally, the plan was just don't fail. That's it. And, like We went against what, every business school rule in the book. I went to business school. Every single went right out the window. It's like... But there was, there was a feel behind this that like yeah. when we sat down to talk about this the first time and it was like, we both said, we got to do something cool for charity. It was like the most natural, organic conversation in a 15 minute period where we literally walked out of the door being like, we have the brand name. We have a vision for this. We have a mission for this. We feel really, really good about the category and, and I feel really good about the quality. There's no... BS involved in this. This is a great, phenomenal, feel great product. And that's all we're ever going to do are genuine, clean, natural products. Okay, cool. How do we do this? And right. that was the learning curve. That was where it was like, I've never made a collagen. I don't know how, anything about this. Well, yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, you guys both took a huge risk, started a new business, had never been entrepreneurs before this, right? Consultants. I mean, consultants. You know? I mean, that's a big, I mean, this is a big deal. And here we are, you know, 16, 19 months later, and you guys have seen month over month growth every month. Yes. Uh, yeah. Pretty Since yeah. the very beginning, it's been double digit growth or and, just a, a tick of, well, it, we were trying to prove a social, uh, this was really what we call the social experiment, right? If we give 10% to charity, will anyone care? Right. Now there's some baselines behind that that we had to solve for. I wasn't going to put Glenn's name on the jar of collagen unless it was the absolute best collagen on the market, bar none. And so we started buying every single brand that was out there. We're just dumping money out of our checking account to buy all this. Well, I was going to ask you that. So you're getting ready for this business. You've never, you're not in the supplement industry, which maybe, maybe it works in your favor because you're not tainted by whatever, whatever happens. Yeah. And you, so you're starting a company with no background in the supplements, already giving up 10 points on your margin. And you're doing it with a partner that you had never done business before. And you, and you got rid of all your savings. I mean, on paper, I mean, Harvard Harvard Review would look at this and they'd uh, they'd be pretty. <laughs> yes. So yeah, high fives to you oh, guys. God. But let's so let's back up though, right? I mean, I just listed all the things that most professors would be like, "Hey, this is a oh yeah, it's all a red flag. They're all red flag." But let's stop for a second and just ask the question: What did you do to put you guys in a position to be successful? Because what were those first initial steps like? I mean, you guys are likable guys. You have a mission. However, there's a lot of likable people that have a mission yeah. right. who, who don't achieve month over month growth the way you guys have. So what have you guys done to position the product and the marketing to grow the way you have been? I mean, I'll, I'll start with my part and then I think you can go to his. It was learning the product, right? Remember what I said about putting the absolute best collagen on the market. Well, there's some table stakes in that, in learning your raw material. And they are grass fed, pasture raised. They are non-GMO. It's getting all those statements out of the way. But then it really comes down to usability, flavor, solubility. You put collagen in your coffee every morning. My guess is that you've tried a couple different brands and you put a scoop in of some of them and they clump and they yeah. goo and they, they don't dissolve. They don't dissipate well uh, right. in liquid. And then other ones, they kind of taste like a little bit of a cow. 
And that's not a good taste. Cowhide's not, no one likes cowhide. No, no, no. I, I like, you know, I like it when I don't taste it. So it was, how do you find something that is truly unflavored? I mean, the best in class in terms of flavor and solubility. So did and you just reach out to a bunch of different companies? Every one of them. So, okay, friend. So I like, I like having specific takeaways for people to understand. So how many companies did you reach out to? 12. 12 companies yeah. that you found for collagen. Yeah. We started with brands and then we went to third-party suppliers, like the actual suppliers on the back end. And then we, the way we ended up solving for this was going to a natural products trade show in Las Vegas in like June and walking the halls. And we're walking the halls trying to find anyone who had a sign saying they were selling collagen. And we really got this roadmap out. And then, you know, the, the trade show had an app and we were just triangulating whoever was selling gelatin and collagen and going to them and grabbing samples and a price sheet. And then we took it all back to test it all. Well, on our way out the door of this trade show, I see this giant map from this huge booth. And on it is a little red dot right next to where my old hometown was. And so I'm like, that's really weird. Let's go walk up and say hi, because we're on our way to the airport. And we literally roll up around the corner and I say hi to these people. And it turns out they sell collagen. And I'm like, no way. I said, well, hey, look it. If you want to earn our business, you have to be as good as brands A, B, and C. And the yeah. sales lady looked at me and she winks and she says, you're going to love our quality. And then I told her about our mission, given 10% to military charity. And they're an Iowa-based company. So they're very, very patriotic. And they said, they started laughing. They're like, we like you guys. You're crazy, but we like you. Yeah. And they agreed to work with us after we vetted them and tested them. And it turns out they were the absolute best for flavor, best in solubility. They were grass-fed. They were yeah. pasture-raised. They were everything we needed to see. It's like we got really lucky, but we also tested all of them right. against each other. Well, I mean, on that note, so, I mean, I, I wonder how much of that is luck versus putting yourself in that position. Because I'd look at it. You reach out to 12 different companies, right? You're backing up the source to where those people originally get it from, not just them, but where's the original source? Then you put yourself in a position to be successful by going to this natural foods event in Vegas, right? Or in Reno. Yeah, Vegas. Vegas. And so, you know, I take that as guys who are trying to do their due diligence and you happen to stumble on, you know, a good opportunity. Yeah. But if it wasn't that one, maybe you would have found that same person a couple of months later. But that's really, that's a really interesting. So now the, the, the collagen that you source, where is it coming from? Brazil. 100%. Brazil. Yep. And it comes from Brazil and then it goes to Iowa and then comes and then it gets distributed from there. Now? Yeah, it's so it's a, it's a it's a company that has offices, you know, all around the world and their US core base is out of Iowa. Ah. So we work with their office, but because we have a, a pretty a, a bigger manufacturing facility, a co-packer in the US, they'll ship it from Brazil directly to them. Um, but we manage all the billing and relationship and all the certificates of analysis all come through Iowa. So we you know vet the product that way. And so then how important is it to have third party, like third party unbiased testing on some of these products? I mean, what are you guys looking for when you were looking for these products and which ones you're going to source and then how you're going to do it? What in particular are you looking for? Because I imagine they're all saying they're all, you know, non-GMO, non-this, non-that. I mean, what are you, what specifically, like um, making sure it's not placebo and it's actually, you know what I mean? What are you guys looking for in that sense? So you get a breakdown of that amino acid profile that I was talking about. You test for heavy metals like Prop 65 testing. Um, you test for antimicrobials and you're testing against everything that is truly in it and the things that are missing from it. 
And what's in it is, of course, just pure bovine hide collagen peptides. And then what's missing from it are the heavy metals and you know the microbials and all the stuff you don't want in there. So you're always testing against those two. Then every manufacturer has to have a certificate that is going to make a claim on it that they are pasture raised, that they are uh, non-GMO statements for you know for the feed or for the cattle themselves. So you're looking for all those things before you would ever even consider doing business with them. And not everyone has them. And then it's country of origin, like where 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 are the cows coming from? What's the what's the traceability to to the raw material? And there's a lot of cows that come out of Korea. There's a lot of cows that come out of China and nothing against Korean or Chinese cows, but that's not what I wanted to put in our product. That's not bubs to me. Um, whereas Brazil has, you know, they have this agrarian grass um, pasture system for cattle and it's a lot cleaner and you can tell like what's going on. Like, Hey, they're not spraying insecticides all over these pastures. They are not literally roaming these giant acres of, you know, grassland. Like, so that's do you have a chance to go visit these different sites, Lily? Not yet. Uh, yeah. Budgets. So <laughs> when we started the company, it was like, how much money do you have? How much do I have in our savings account? We vetted the idea with family and friends. I literally went to Glenn's teammates. Uh, TJ went to his family. I went to my family and we said, hey, are we crazy? And the response back that I got, his family was all on board. Um, the response I got back from Glenn's teammates, Glenn's family, like everyone that's core to his community was, Glenn would kick your ass if you don't do this. Oh. So it was overwhelmingly like take the leap. Right. Um, which I honestly expected a little pushback. Uh, we didn't really get it. And so then it was, how much can we afford to go to market with? So back to the business plan, the first goal was to buy one pallet. One pallet of material yields approximately 1,000 jars. Oh, So we went to market with 1,000 jars of collagen. That paid for the website, the legal, the tubs, the lids, the label wrap, the scoop on the inside. The oh, collagen so you can't itself. buy like 100 and just test it. You have to really dive in. We had to commit to spending, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars just in collagen, just just to launch the experiment. And the wow. like, the funny thing is, we were by far, by a magnitude of probably eight to ten x, the smallest client that these people have. Right. Most people place POs in the millions of dollars, and we're going, hey, can we just buy a little bit to try? <laughs> right. Just buy a little bit to try, and they were like, yeah, sure. So, Worked out. And so what have you guys done on the marketing side? Because you guys were able to source a good product. You guys were able to, you know, obviously bite the bullet and order it, which has worked out well. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me like unlike other businesses where people have to really do a deep analysis. Hey, is it a good time in my life? Is it this? Is that? You guys kind of felt more drawn to this for a number of different reasons that are normal, normally outside the traditional factors of business. But from a marketing perspective, I know you guys have done more digital marketing. So I'd like to ask you. Have you guys seen an ROI from digital marketing? And do you think, what have you learned from that, from a Facebook, Instagram ads? What drives a return? What doesn't? I'm curious for gym owners who are interested in buying. Holy cow. I can spit about this for hours. Um, digital marketing is great if you have somebody that knows what they're doing with it. Um, you can't just get any kid off the street, any college kid from San Diego State, and expect him to hit home runs right off the bat. I've been in the business for 20 years plus. So my background has been purely digital marketing for a lot of other companies, consult, consulting, as Sean said. Um, 
But a couple KPIs and key metrics you want to measure depending on your goals. If you're selling a product, you probably want to concentrate on your return on ad spend, your ROAS. Meaning if I'm spending a dollar, am I making two, three, five, thirty dollars every single time over and over again? Um, and how would you determine, how, how do you quantify that? So all of that's quantified through Google Analytics and Facebook Pixels. So you're able to track all your interactions with your sites, your purchases, your conversion metrics, and everything like that through any type of basic free analytics platform. So the platforms you're pushing marketing on actually kick you back those numbers so you know if you're successful or not. Right. So if you're doing Facebook ads as a gym, for example, right. you should be able to see that metric. You know, It's going to average... be hard getting people come through the door, but if you're a gym that sells products online, you can definitely do it. Getting people through the door, you can definitely add metrics, um, measurable metrics for offline conversions based on people coming through the door. You can quantify that. It's just a little bit harder, but it's right. possible to do. Right. Versus e-commerce. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what other type of things, I mean, being in, in the digital space for as many years as you're in, are there any tips, anything that you think about? I mean, because I know there's different algorithms and different things that the social media uses. Anything that you do in particular you find really helpful for your business? Yeah, I think the, I mean, and this is kind of blanket statement for everybody is like, understand the platform that you're advertising on and what the goals of that platform are. For instance, Facebook and Instagram are community-based. They want people interacting all the time. So if you have a solid ad that comes out where people are sharing it, liking it, commenting on it, it looks native in feed, you're gonna have 10 times more success than you will just punching a product out there saying 50% off, buy now. Like you wanna have the community built into your ad sets as well. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement. So when someone sees on their feed, it looks organic, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so looking at that from a social metric, uh, I mean, that's been one of the major factors that's allowed you guys to grow, right? Has been yeah. your digital marketing side? Yeah, absolutely. So you dial on the product side with the collagen, you get into the digital marketing side. Now, your next product line, you you start to incorporate an MCT oil. When did you know it was the appropriate time to add in a new SKU? Because I imagine if you're just trying to find the financials to buy your first pallet of collagen, how did you know when it was the right time to add an MCT oil? Uh, <laughs> MCT powder. Funny, I, I would like to say- We shook we, the we, magic eight ball and it said- Started now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not that far from the truth. We So the goal was buy 1,000 tubs and then use the money from the 1,000 tubs to buy 2,000 tubs. Turn two to four, four to eight, eight to 16. That was literally the simplicity of this under no fixed timeline because we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know about sales velocity. We didn't know about- ramping up on Amazon and our website. We, we, we just didn't know how well this mission of ours was gonna be received. We knew we had the quality down. We felt 100% about that, but the other parts were unknowns. When we got to Christmas of our first year, this going right into early 2018, so December, January, we ran out of product. We literally hit a spike in sales over the holidays. We, we didn't forecast for it because we've never done forecasting. And all of a sudden we sold 2X, 3X every day for a week and blew out of our inventory. So we bridged the gap. We were very, very lucky with a nimble co-packer and we'd already started a process of reordering. So fast forward a couple of months, it happens again. And the reason that one happened is because we ran a very informal ad on Instagram, Facebook, and it spiked. Like there was a massive rise on that. Like it went through the roof. And again, ran out of product. So right after that, we said, okay, we're a one trick pony. And we, now we know we can sell. Now we've got customer information and we've got a returning customer because collagen isn't the kind of thing you buy once. 
you buy it every month or you buy it every couple months. Like it's right. a it's a lifestyle product for, right. for, for wellness. So And you're tracking those emails. Yep. And then you could do like drip campaigns against them to get them to come back yep. to your site. That's definitely. something you guys think about a lot, right? That's yeah. something that we definitely implement a lot currently. How how much value do you think an email list plays compared to social media? Um God, email's great. At the end of the day, it's not the platform that you're pushing the messaging on. It's how much you give a shit about your customer and your audience. Do you love them? Do you interact with them? Are you best friends with those people? And you you see a lot of people, influencers like yourself, and gym owners like yourself that are out there, they're just pushing the message. And they're just like, come to our gym, but they don't give a shit. You'll get 400 comments on an Instagram post and you'll see the individual doesn't say one thing to any of those people. And you get somebody who's really good it's interacting with every single one of the people that's commenting in the post. Those are the people that are successful. People inherently only want three things. They want to be seen, they want to be right, and they want to be heard. If you can do any one of those things to any individual in your audience, you win. You win. And having authenticity behind it, 10x is that. And that's it. We actually give a, a shit about our people. We really do. And we answer every customer service email that comes through is one of the two of us or TJ's mom. Literally. TJ's mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love mom. that. HireMyMom.com. So, so, um, so TJ hired his mom. You guys hired your mom. Now, so you added in MCT um, powder yeah. to, to, the, to the lineup. We which, wanted to. What get, is MCT? Oh, yeah. It's, so MCT stands for medium chain triglycerides. Uh, it's just a fancy word for coconut oil. Right. You're just taking coconut oil, virgin pressed coconut oil, and that just means it's like cold pressed, and you spray it into tapioca starch. So you get a clean root vegetable tapioca that has no nutritional value, but it's a great sponge. So oil just soaks right into it. And the byproduct of those two interacting is they have a really creamy texture, as you know from yeah. drinking in your coffee. So most of the time when people drink coconut oil, they make a bulletproof coffee. It tastes really greasy and oily, yeah, right. and it can negatively affect like the taste of that coffee that you want to enjoy. Especially if you don't blend it and you try and spoon it, it, it just sits at the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a mess and, and right. it'll settle poorly. Well, the powder really blends and dissipates well. Yeah. And so your coffee tastes amazing. So we were playing around with the TJ had, you know, we've both been tinkering around with bulletproof coffees for years and we just never found one that tasted great. And so when we started the experiment, we're like, hey, this is a logical extension, cognitive function, great natural energy source, again, all natural ingredient. So where collagen is your great protein this is your great energy so they're kind of going around in this like natural supplement sphere of like these two things complement each other really well and again i feel like we got really lucky we tried maybe eight different yeah, uh, providers easily and they were all made with different powders <clears throat> cornstarch uh glucose syrup like all these different ones and they all tasted like crap and then we landed on the supplier that we went to work with, and they had all the right certificates, same as last time. Again, a friendly introduction from a friend. And we tasted it and we gave it out to all of our friends to try. And everyone agreed universally, like, this is the stuff. And so, we're like, okay, this will be product number two. We got energy over here, we have our protein over here. And these two things complement each other really well. And we're now in the coconut business and the collagen business. And then we took the collagen. And we diversified by introducing a smaller size, the 10 ounce bag and a single serving packet. And we needed that because when we were only one product, we kept getting these rushes on it and running out. If we had four SKUs, 
we can spread the customer out a little bit. Right. Um, right. And that so was you important. See your average price. I mean, obviously, by adding more SKUs, I imagine you see your average customer exp- like like acquisition. How much they're paying for, on yes. your site per time go, has gone up. I imagine. Right. Absolutely. Because most people are adding two products. So have you seen that by adding additional SKUs, obviously it's made a huge impact on the business. Yeah, of yeah. course. And you've diversified For out sure. from just collagen. Um, so, I mean, as far as a business is concerned, you guys really did it like kind of against the grain, right? You guys started a product that you weren't experts in. You learned a lot about it, but you knew a lot about digital marketing. Yeah. But you have a product that backs it up, right? And you guys seem to be good vibes. I mean, like, I mean, has there been something that through this experience you wish you had done differently? Every day, every day, there's something I wish we did differently. Um, but at the same time, I'm personally, and I'm not going to speak for Sean on this. I'm incredibly excited and grateful to work on this business every day. It comes from a place of pulling instead of pushing. There's no fear motivation of like, holy shit, we're not going to make a paycheck or we're not going to be able to pay this vendor. There's always some sort of greater pull to the business. And I think that's what glues this thing together so much because we're never at each other's throats in that aspect of like, oh, you didn't pay this vendor, you didn't do anything because there's something way bigger of helping somebody else out there. And have you guys been able to see, so, I mean, do you know how much you guys have raised so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, we, we just went over $70,000. Okay. So the 10% rule for our first year landed just over 47,000. And then we just wrote the Q4 check, which was like $22,000. And then right on the heels of that, we're already tracking upwards uh, to beat that. So yeah, so you'll be at six figures pretty soon. Is there any part yeah. of you that looks at that six-figure check and wish maybe it wasn't leaving the company? No. Yeah. I mean, that that's... Yeah, you that do the right is, thing for the right reason, it all works out. Yeah, I get it. That was the whole spark, man. No, it was that like, was the you whole write spark. those checks, I get giddy. I'm yeah, like... Yeah. We get to do it again. Yeah. yeah, and you're supporting a lot of people and you're helping a lot of people out. And I think it's only going to grow exponentially. Um, well, guys, I, I like to keep these relatively short. I do think, um, I, I just, I get excited when I'm around people like you because it, it makes me realize there's a lot of people doing things because they add, because they love it and for the right reasons. And it's nice to see them be successful. So I want to thank you guys for what you're doing. Um, I'm obviously a huge fan. Um, if people want to know more about your product, and I think, there's going to be a new landing page that we could we could send people to, right? Yep, yep. We're, so we're, where, where should we send them to? Let's go to bubsnaturals.com slash Jason. Okay. That's and it. is there going to be something special we could offer them? Uh, there is, but they're going to have to go to that page to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to that page to find out what it is too. Um, well, guys, um, so Bubs uh, website slash Jason. Um, anything else on social media? It's just Bubs Naturals? Everything is Bubs Naturals. So at Bubs Naturals for our Instagram, that's kind of our, our main home. Uh, we do a little bit of stuff on Facebook and then kind of spread it out from there. But those are our, those are our jams. And then BubsNaturals.com uh, for our website. Perfect. Well, guys, hope everybody has a phenomenal day. And thank you again for being here. Thanks thank so you. Much. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers.